Veterans Day. Congratulations for Owl, for American Owls, and and what else? Hello and welcome to Owls Americast episode number 100 and we are not at 100% today as we've had some issues connecting to the internet. Patty's went out, then I think he made mine go out and then Jeff had to drop out. So you will hear Jeff's voice at some point throughout this podcast. Uh, we also do have Justin on the line. Justin, it's Good to have you. We also have Patty and James, and let's go through these introductions. Patty, let's start with you. What are you drinking today? Good evening, Evan. Uh, thanks for stepping in last minute. Uh, I have uh, a chaser because I watched Jeff uh, destroy half a bottle of pot in the last two minutes. <laughs> uh, so I thought I'd catch up with Jeff, uh, and then Jeff's had to go and uh, rescue his uh, newborn from crying. So now I have a, I have a chaser of an Owl's Brew Radler, which is a lovely beer and tea. Uh, mixture with lemon in it. Uh, it's delicious. And then I'm drinking it with an old fashioned because I was trying to catch it with Jeff. <laughs> also, <laughs> episode 100. What the fuck? We also have James, our Manhattan now with us. James, welcome back to the podcast. What are you drinking tonight? Hey, I was going to say, hey, Jeff. Hey, Evan. Um, it's so interchangeable tonight. We're, uh, everything's fluid, right? Uh, my fluid is a Queensbridge IPA uh, from Big Alice Brewing, which would mean something to Jeff. It means nothing to you, Evan. Um, but that's fine. It's uh, it's a little brewery around the corner from my house that I ended up at yesterday. It's an East Coast IPA. It's very good. And I'm back in my closet. I'm no longer in the woods in Vermont. I am back in Manhattan. Manhattan is kind of semi-open. So, uh, yeah, let's do 100. We also have Justin from Boston. Justin, how are you doing today, and what are you drinking? I'm doing well, thank you. And I'm uh, actually in uh, Falmouth, Massachusetts, uh, about 70 miles south of Boston on lovely Cape Cod. And I am starting my evening off with a lime cordial slash mezcal mix. Uh, I have switched to uh, Cisco Brewery from Nantucket, their Summer Rays Golden Ale. And when that's gone, I will be switching to Night Shift Brewing uh, Company's Light Lime Ale. So I'm keeping it all New England as I should, being the uh, theoretical New England owl. Very nice. So for episode 100, it's action-packed. We will talk about a win, a loss, and a draw get to some Wednesday news and we have two interviews for you Sam a Fulham owl a Fulham owl if that's even a thing <laughs> how about an NYC Fulham supporter and also Ellen a borough supporter from New York City and we'll also take some listener questions but first let's get to just a, how about a, a quick review of three matches if that's even possible we lost to Preston 3-1. We beat QPR somehow 3-0, just like we all expected. And then yesterday's, well, we're recording this on Wednesday, but yesterday's fairly boring draw to Huddersfield, but maybe not as boring as the scoreline suggests. 
Patty, let's start with you and your talking point. And you've written here, Tom, please. This could go either way. I'm <laughs> oh, excited to hear what you have you to say. I thought you guys were just a, a Tom Lee's fact. Um, so, no, it's it's a kind of semi-apology. Uh, it's a, a, a slow about turn. It's about, about as slow as a Tom Lee's turn in defense anyway, uh, in the fact that <laughs> I think he's been very good the last two games. Uh, and Obviously, we've kept clean sheets the last two games. And I wanted to take my hat off, or at least I would do if it wasn't covered by a, a lumbering headphone set, uh, to the way he's performed. Because I think he's really shored up um, that defence, the defensive back three. Uh, even with uh, Moses Adebayo uh, on the right-hand side of things, uh, trying to mess things up, he's uh, been pretty solid back there. And I think it was the last game um, against Huddersfield where he did one of the most... It's like a magic trick. The tackle he did on uh, an interception from a, a roving Huddersfield player. It was kind of like a one-on-one, uh, almost 50-50, but he just kind of took it away from the guy's feet without the guy even like blinking or moving. It was a very, it was one of the highlights uh, sent out on the Twitter feed from uh, Sheffield Wednesday. It was a fantastic tackle, and uh, it's just good to see Tom Lee's our captain uh, playing well again with some kind of confidence and kind of marshalling over back three. We look a lot more organised back there. Um, so I wanted to give him some positivity because, I mean, I've spent 99 episodes of this uh, podcast pretty much slagging him off. So uh, maybe it's a new t- time for a new leaf in episode 100. Well, he is a true center back, to be fair. We haven't really seen much of that in the last few matches. True. I mean, we've uh, Burn has been injured, so at one point we did field three fullbacks in uh, back three. So uh, maybe the only way was up. But I still think, yeah, it's he's, he's been great. Well, I think the nice thing, too, is it allows uh, Big Dom to get out a little bit more on the right, and then you can get Burner out a little bit on the left on his, on his strong foot. And, and at that point now, I feel like the other two are a little more comfortable with Lees in the middle. So it's definitely worked out for him. I'm, I'm not the biggest Tom Lees fan at this point in his career, but this, it's, hard to, it's hard to criticize his last couple of performances. And somehow we're seeing Julian Borner turn into almost a midfielder at some points, it seems. Uh, he's gotten some freedom to move forward, and uh, I always like it when a big, lumbering German just makes his way forward into no man's land. just think uh, there's something funny about watching that. James, let's get to your point. You've aptly named your point. Murphy's Law, sign him up. Yeah, I mean, look, in the spirit of positivity, right, which is, what, 100 episodes of, uh, of not getting cut off or uh, or having some kind of uh, lawsuit related to use of audio uh, is probably uh, in the spirit of. Um, Jacob Murphy, I think, has been a, a pretty big highlight the last three games, right? I mean, uh, cracking goal against Preston. Um, OK, mm-hmm. the result in the game didn't go our way, but, you know, we... In general terms, I don't necessarily think that the performance for 70 minutes or so was that, was that bad against Preston. I thought, you know, Murphy was lively and, it, and his goal just showed, you know, what he brings when he, he hits the defence at, at pace, right? You know, he's he's probing, he's running at people, he's uh, he's got tons of energy. But his goal against QPR, I mean, that was absolutely fantastic technique, right? You know, gets in behind the defence, doubles back, and then that first time shot into the top corner. I, I've just seen enough from Jacob Murphy now that, you know... If Wednesday can find a way to bring him back next season, 
um, whether it be on loan or hoping the signing is probably a little bit out of our range in all honesty because his valuation is reasonably high. He just he seems to me to bring something dynamic, something positive. You know, he clearly works hard. Um, he's great cutting in from the right. He's good on both feet. Um, he definitely could improve on his crossing, but let's be honest, who couldn't at Sheffield Wednesday? Um, and he's chipping in with a, a reasonable degree of goals from from midfield, which is exactly what our midfield should be doing. You know, there's a few people, Barry Bannon. Uh, who aren't probably contributing as many goals as they should do. But um, I think Murphy's really pulling his weight at the moment, and I've been particularly impressed with him since the restart. So, yeah, just kind of a prevailing theme over the three games. I thought it was you know, effective again on Wednesday. Um, Wednesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, I, Tuesday. I would, uh, he, he would be someone who I've really seen enough from now in this kind of period since the break to say we should be looking at a way to bring him back next season. I think that... Toward the end of last year, especially last season, if we can remember that far back at this point, in every match review we did, we talked about how we lacked pace and quality on the outside. And I think the last couple of matches have really shown that Murphy and Harris could both be the answer we've been looking for, and especially paired with Josh Windass and how how well he or how quick he um he, he is and how, how well he's been able to get behind the defense sorry i um lost my train of thought as my sound was kind of cutting out but um yeah i think you're absolutely right i think murphy's been quality i think it's fair to say that harris has been quality as well and that's my talking point so we might as well just get right into that talking point i think harris has done a really nice job in his normal position up top at the left but I also noticed especially against Huddersfield he was doing some good work getting back on defense as well yeah I think all three games he's been uh covering that wing really well and and working hard to get back I I thought QPR was a great example where he didn't do much going forward but he provided so much help coming back that that it freed up some others to to really work at that I know the I can't even remember who was doing the commentary on the game. Um, it was one of those non, uh, it wasn't Pearson doing it, but uh, they had Harris as their player of the game against QPR, which I didn't agree with that. But, you know, I think it says to how hard he was working at both ends and how much ground he was covering. Yeah, it was Mark Crossley, who, uh, by the way, gets my vote for a pick. Mm, good call. So much uh, positivity to. <laughs> to <laughs> no, I mean, without, without losing thread of what you're saying, Evan, I mean, What's very clear from, I think, this whole pattern of games since that is that Mark clearly intends to persevere with this 3-5-2. And it's very apparent that with more pace. I think Jacob Murray, Dean Harris, even Moses Olabajo and uh, right wing back on Wednesday, oh, on Tuesday. God, I really don't know what day of the week it is, do I? Um, he probably surprised a few of us by uh, by having a reason yesterday. Also, it's very clear to me that he wants to play with that pace, with those options. Um, yeah, and that set of players definitely offer that. They've got to improve on their final ball, though, because if you're going to play that type of pace, somebody in the middle to get on the end of a first, not put enough those across front of a defence. Yeah, those are things to work on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, in, in the spirit of trying to take some positives, I agree. I think we've got a trio of players there who maybe can go. What a, what a difference uh, having Adebayo as a... Wingback versus uh, uh, fullback has been, and you take uh, 
just a little bit of that defensive responsibility away and add, you know, shifting over another center back to his side to to give him a little cover. And he doesn't have to make these desperate last second dives in terrible positions to to give up uh, penalties. But he's allowed to have a little more freedom to roam. And my God, the the man can cover some ground. Um, he, he he had that. He had that play, uh, I think it was in Huddersfield, where he came in and had that great play to cut inside and lets the shot go, and the rebound goes all the way out to the left side, and he picked up his own rebound. Uh, you know, the amount of ground that, that he covered, uh, very impressive. Justin, let's get into your talking point. And you've got two pretty good ones here. I'm curious, though, what you mean by the Preston loss was just one of those things. Uh, so, I to me, the Preston game summed up uh, the entire season. I, I, I thought that we were, you know, over the course of the game, it was pretty even, right? Uh, I know the XG was, was almost the same. Um, we had slightly more possession than them, which isn't always a good thing because... Uh, I think we operate much better with less possession, but overall, it's a pretty even game. Uh, they come in and score to make it one to one, which you know it happens. It was a, a weird bounce, and to be honest, some uh, rewatching it, some really poor communication between uh, Burner and Dom uh, on the goal on who was going to cover. But it's one one, and it's getting late, and we get what could have been a goal. Uh, I actually, again, rewatching it, it was the right decision. Pelopesi was inside the goaltender's shirt, so I understand not calling that. But, uh, you know, that goes from two to one to right after it flips again the other way. And that just, to me, has summed up this season. It just cannot get a break. You know, it feels like we haven't had... Anything go our way. Uh, and then, of course, you have Stockley, who, you know, to be honest, could have been pitched from the game for throwing elbows left and right. And then he goes and scores, to his credit, an outstanding goal that holds up as the game winner and then assists on the last one. And if you sort of throw that whole package together, um, to me, it just felt like this 2020 season. We had the, had the lead, blew it took the lead again. It was taken away due to a decision and somebody who maybe shouldn't have even been on the pitch scores an outstanding goal and buries us. A lot of people, a lot of Wednesday fans got pretty worked up after that. And the usual calls for Monk and Chancery to fuck off to wherever came out. But, you know, the reality is it was a pretty even game and it didn't go our way. Um, and to me, that's summed up a lot of this season under Monk, where we've been able to perform pretty well and hang in there. We miss some of our chances, and it comes back to haunt us. So I, I was a little less bothered by that loss than uh, well, seemingly most of uh, the online Wednesday uh, fandom. Um, you know, I, I think we played really well since we've come back from from the break. I think we've been in every game. We've, you know, won a couple games that we should have won. And, you know, I don't know. I just, I guess it just felt like to me to sum up our season. It's, we worked hard. We had some chances and we 
fucking lost. <laughs> well, we certainly do seem like this sort of uh, the sort of squad that you know when it rains it pours, right? And we've talked plenty on this podcast about changing the culture of the team, and I think that's one thing that would be important to change is just not getting so down. You know, we're in third at Christmas. And then we lose a match and we lose another match. And then all of a sudden everyone's mad in the locker room and we just completely lose it and break down. And I I think you're right. This squad has had a pretty good track record of going on a losing run. And if you just took the fan reaction from the game against Preston, you could assume, oh, this is... This is heading in a familiar direction, right? You know, we collapse against Preston in the last 10 minutes and the next game's a shit show and before you know it, we've lost five on the trot and da-da-da. Um, the, rea- the reaction against QPR is exactly what you'd want to see from a team that felt like it didn't get a fair result in the prior game and it kind of came out with a point to prove. Um, and sure. that first half against QPR particularly, like, I mean, we just absolutely... I mean, we didn't dominate possession. We can talk about the possession stats, but we dominated QPR in terms of space, in terms of the way in which we, you know, didn't offer them an outlet. And then when we, we you know, when we created chances, they were threatening chances in the first half. So, yeah, look, it's, it, it's one game. I'm not going to try and declare that there's a turnaround happening on the basis of one performance, but it, it's at least the type of reaction that you'd want to see from a squad that cares a bit more about proving its worth. Well, Do you, and, you want know, to talk about possession stats? Do you have some stats on that? 20, 26% possession against QPR in a 3-0 win. How is that possible? Because Monk likes to set up on the counter. And every single pass we played forward against QPR basically resulted in a chance or a goal. <laughs> they yeah. So, they were so bad in defense that we could literally like play over their, their fullback or wherever they were playing. I think it was a back three in the end. Uh, and either Windass or De Cruz or Murphy or, or Harris got on the end of it and created something. No, you know, Patty, it started as a back three. So they, they set up to match us. Um, and he made that substitution about 30 minutes in. Um, uh, Masterston came off and he switched to a back four. They set up to match us, and you're you're 100 right. To Cruz and Windass ran circles around their uh, around their back line when they had the back three. They got behind them nonstop. So uh, Windass yeah. should have had like 12 goals on that. Oh uh, I mean, um, <laughs> there was that kind of five minute period between him, kind of like he, he got in behind the back twice. He went around the keeper. Nothing was working. Everything was deflected, and then finally got the end of that corner. But it was um, it was kind of. It was crazy. Um, he, he's. I, I. I would kind of agree with the early comment. I think it was you, Evan. Oh, it might have been you, Justin, saying. You know, Windus has that kind of extra bit of pace, that kind of nuisance up front has has been really worth it, his contribution in the last couple of games. Um, dare I say it? We've not really missed the fact that Colin Wickham's been out. Um, I'm not sure where yeah. Colin Wickham is. Is he injured? Is he just really tired? Mm-hmm. Is there a clause? Who knows? But anyway, Windus, to give him his credit, has has done a good job coming in and um, and, and has been effective. I'll, I'll just, uh, not to totally disagree with you, but it, I think that we actually really missed uh, Wickham against Huddersfield. They were putting so much pressure on us. Uh, the only thing that we tried to do is go the old Route 1 and, and bomb it up to somebody. And that's where Wickham would have been... Uh, really nice to have instead we were 
bombing it up to Windass. And uh, it took us a long time to settle it down and start to play the ball on the floor, um, which is what I think we needed to do against Huddersfield because the amount of pressure they were putting us uh, putting us under. But, um, you know, we're here. <laughs> Caddy, what's uh, what were your thoughts on on Windass and the cruise? I'm I'm pretty sure we we stole your talking point there, uh, based on based on the agenda here. But do you have anything to add on that? No, I think um, I wanted to kind of steal Jeff's talking point since he put it in the agenda, but now he's not here. So, uh, I I really like Josh Windass's runs. So he makes a lot of good space. He he runs into the space. He's he could definitely got some um, work to do on his finishing. Um, but the fact that he's making that forward line more mobile than I've seen it in probably about five years is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fletcher has uh, obviously had a great season before he left, uh, but that's not his game, right? His game is dropping deep. It's being a target man. Um, whereas Windass was, is, is everywhere. Against QPR, he must have had about seven or eight good chances and only put away one of them. Um, he, he was... I like his his brain. Uh, I think once he gets a bit sharper, maybe a bit more confident, uh, I think he'd be a great asset to sign for next season. Uh, De Cruz, on the other hand, I think has been uh, one of those players that benefited from the break in that he's come back a lot stronger. Uh, he's uh, a bit more confident too. Uh, again, a bit lacking on the cutting edge up front still. Uh, he, he probably could have had a couple himself in the last few games. Um, but it, he's been nice... <laughs> Been a nice change of pace um, to either bring off the bench or even start with him. I thought him and Windass in the QPR game were fantastic. Um, one of the most dynamic front lines we've had for a while, as far as creating space and uh, showing some tricks, making moves. It was it was it was really good to see. So I mean, even the guy that looked hopeless before lockdown in De Cruz is now looking like something that we might want to spend some more time with him on. Maybe even get up for another loan next year. So yeah, I think there's a lot of positives to take from the last three games, even though there's only three three points, sorry, four points. Um, I do think against Huddersfield, like Justin said, we did miss Wickham. Um, we seem to have lost our way a little bit and went route one. And Windass's game is not winning headers, as we saw quite evidently against uh, Huddersfield. <laughs> it's definitely on the floor. Uh, so yeah. Well, I, hang on a second. He still jumps higher than Big Dave. <laughs> he does. <yeah. laughs> I'm pretty sure I do. <laughs> but I think like I said some positives since lockdown we've been a lot better than before lockdown um, still a lot of work still a paper thin squad um, and we've seen as soon as you have injuries our, our bench is just um, kids kids and people we don't want in the field wasn't um you know it was kind of an example of just how threadbare our squad is but the way i would look at it is i get the sense wednesday all about just getting to the end of the season if we can accumulate (laughs) enough points that we can survive whatever the hell penalty it is we're going to get then we start the rebuilding process in the summer and and i'm i'm just seeing the right signs that we understand that there are some that have to happen, you know, whether it be the dressing room culture, whether it be pace in the squad, whether it be the right balance of technical capability. Um, we're short a lot of players, but at, at least some of those recognition points are in the uh, in the planning, at least from what we've seen in the game since we came back. 
So we will step aside for a quick fan message when we return some Wednesday news. Tommy, otherwise known as Palmetto Owls, coming to you from Charleston, South Carolina. And I would just love to say happy 100th episode to uh, Owls America's podcast. And uh, just say thank you for everything that you do. Everything from the planning the New Orleans trip to the, 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 the Zoom quizzes. Um, I've gotten to know some really great people through my chef, call my Sheffield Wednesday family. So thanks a lot, and uh, hopefully I get to see you all next year. New York, right? Hi, this is Neil Schaefer, the San Diego Owl, and the San Diego City Rep for Owls Americas. Congratulations to the Owls Americas team on their 100th episode. Quite a feat, gents. Um, I became a Wednesday supporter long, long ago. Just a bit of childhood coincidence, but I would never change a thing. Um, being an owl supporter has been special to me my entire life, um, and certainly always will be. And I love being part of Owls Americas, you know, it connects me to Wednesday supporters across the country. And then by extension, this global family, family that we have, um, it's incredibly special. I feel incredibly honored to, uh, to be part of this Wednesday family. Jenny Midgley here. Uh, just wanted to congratulate you on your 100th Owls AmeriCast, which is quite an impressive accomplishment. Uh, also, a question for you, which is, I think I might be the only uh, American-born Owls America supporter who is also a season ticket holder, maybe. Uh, in any case, congratulations again, and we look forward to the next 100. Welcome back to our Wednesday news section. Just a little bit of news for you. Not the news we were hoping to hear. Injuries to Connor Wickham, Lee, and Palmer. All out with injuries. They could be ready by the weekend. We'll just have to see. Also, rest in peace, Jack Charlton. James, I'll go to you. You have... Well, what what are what do you have to say about Jack Charlton? Give give me something. So, um, I've spent most of my time on this podcast basically reminiscing about my, the early days of my Wednesday fandom and and how great it was compared to everything that came after. One of the great laments I have as a Wednesday is the fact that I'm too young to remember Charlton as Wednesday manager. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, his his era came before I really got into Wednesday under Ron Atkinson. Um, so all I re- all I have to go on is is the stories that are handed down to me, and and obviously the perspectives that fans who did see his teams um, have shared. I think what is completely consistent from all those stories is the perspective that Big Jack kind of he he turned Wednesday in the right direction. He set in motion a lot of what then happened under Howard Wilkinson, and ultimately what how it happened under Big Ron. Um, you know, he took kind of a team that was heading to its lowest depths, and he he kind of literally 
Thanks, <laughs> Elder Backside. He he forged something that was reflective of of the Sheffield spirit and something that Wednesdayites were proud of again. Um, you know, you can kind of you know, think of the Boxing Day massacre as the the obvious example of that. But look, I mean, what I know of uh, of Jack Charlton stems more from his time in in charge of the Republic of Ireland and then subsequently in his retirement. Uh, just a man of immense integrity. Um, somebody who recognised, I think, the role that football plays in everyday life, didn't take himself too seriously or the game too seriously, recognised that it is a pastime, it is a game, um, but it should be played with um, a high degree of respect and and um, and showing that respect to other people in you know in, in all walks of life. Um, and we've all seen the clips of, of him talking about his brother Bobby, right? Um, also someone who could be incredibly humble and, and recognize excellence literally you know within his own family um I, i'm not sure there are many players like that these days certainly not many managers certainly not many players who have also been managers and um the fact that he's a part of wednesday history is something we should all be immensely proud of well said well said in other news um hey i'm sorry anything to, cut in. to add yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to, to add this. I uh, I'm a not to give free ads to other podcasts, but I'm a fan of the Guardians Football Weekly podcast, and uh, mm-hmm. they actually did a really nice job of uh, honoring Jack Charlton um, at the beginning of this week. And all of the conversations stemmed around his very understandable. I mean, his immense uh, contributions at Leeds, where he literally won everything you could possibly win. And uh, at, for the English national team, where he won the only World Cup. And then for Ireland, where he took them to where they'd never been. And they never get around to mentioning Wednesday, which I understand. They're not going to go over every minute detail. But I, I wrote an a email to uh, Football Weekly to just kind of make the point that, you know, I understand you're not going to cover everything, but you need to, I, I would really like them to recognize how important he was to the history of Sheffield Wednesday, as uh, you know, as James pointed out, you know, we were heading to the fourth division when, when he took over and uh, we never got there, uh, partially thanks to him. And we had the Boxing Day Massacre and he took us from the third division. He took us up to the, the second division, the old second division and, you know, contended for there. And the squad that he built the very next season went back up to the top flight and, uh, uh, when I was listening to John Pearson this weekend talk about him, uh, John Pearson told a wonderful story about him where he said after the uh, 83 FA Cup semifinal loss to Brighton, uh, Pearson came upon Charlton and said Jack was choked up. He was crying. And Pearson thought, my God, man, you have won World Cups. You have won European trophies. You have won FA Cups and League Cups. I, how are you so upset right now? And Charlton said to him, well, I'm not upset. Uh, I'm upset for the fans and, and the team and the staff that I worked with because I know how much this FA Cup meant to everything that is Sheffield Wednesday. And for Jack Charlton, a man who, you know, again, played for Leeds and, and had all this success, for him to be so emotionally invested in the success of Sheffield Wednesday and, and for him to get it and he managed Sheffield Wednesday longer than he managed any other club side um and and I 
asked for Football Weekly to please recognize this because <laughs> Jack Charlton was a major part of Sheffield Wednesday history. And, uh, you know, I, I think everybody that understood that really took a deep breath on Saturday and appreciated the man that, as James said, was both this wonderful mix of, you know, sort of honorable and, and you know, taking the high ground, but also a, a fun-loving man who, uh, you know, appreciated the finer things in life uh, and, and never took it too serious. So, you know, I, I think everybody that, you know, bleeds blue and white, um, you know, really honored his passing. We pulled one out in uh, Bryant Park, the New York Owls. There was, uh, I think Wednesday I put a tweet out uh, saying pour, pour whiskey out for Jack on the 85th minute. <clears throat> and uh, there was a, our first meetup back at social distance in Bryant Park. Uh, Craig brought a um, flask of uh, whiskey with him. So we had, a, we had a, like a drink to Jack Charlton in Bryant Park in New York City. So yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a sad passing, uh, but what memories he's left with many thousands of people. So thanks, just that was really nice words. Tremendous. Tremendous. So in other news, transfer window will be open July 27 through October 5. There'll be an extra 11 days for domestic business. James, does this, I mean, does this really have any extra bearing or will this make for it other than being different dates? What, what, what kind of impact will this have uh, on our off season? If any. I was going to say, I can see Justin um, <laughs> just putting his hands in the air and kind of going, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who the right. hell knows? I mean, like, when does the new season start? Do we even know that? I mean, they, they've kind of declared the dates for a transfer window, but not the dates for a um, a full season. Honestly, yeah, I mean, there's, the, there are so many uncertainties right now. I mean, um, here's the way I look at it. Wednesday for about three years have needed to clean house. And by mm-hmm. virtue of the unfortunate circumstances that have been enforced on all of us, we are cleaning house because we've got about 15 players left in the squad, of which several are up for contract at the end of this month, right? So we're going we're gonna to start from a very low base in terms of the number of players that we have, um, the players that we choose to retain, um, and we're going to have to be smart with those that we, um, we can find on the market. But there are going to be plenty on the market. There's going to be a lot of people moving clubs this summer. Uh, trying to find clubs um, and don't rule out that maybe one or two people who have already walked away might walk back in under the right circumstances as well. So it, it's going to be a fascinating summer, but I have no idea what the dates of the transfer window really mean. I don't know how anyone is going to reasonably construct it with so much uncertainty. And until we get the aforementioned points deduction confirmed, we don't even know what league we're playing in. So, I mean, how do you, how do you build a budget if you don't know whether you're in the championship or league one, even though you're definitely not technically going to get relegated? Um, these are the perverse situations that we're working with. Well, for what it's worth, the Premier League start date is rumored to be September 12th. So you can base your predictions on the, the championship start date off of that if you would like. But as we know, things change rapidly. Things change with the snap of a finger. And so who knows what's going to happen. What's going to happen next in this podcast is another fan message. And when we return from that, we will have match previews from two fans of clubs that are coming up. Sam with Fulham 
and Ellen with Burrow. Hey everyone, it's Mike LaRue and part of Portland Wednesday and Cascadia Owls and occasional podcast contributor. Uh, for me, being part of Owls Americas means being part of a shared experience. It's, it's good, it's bad, it's mostly bad, sometimes good, occasionally great, but mostly the gnashing of teeth. Um, but in the last three years, we've gone from anonymous Twitter handles to, to watching the same game at seven in the morning and actually getting to know each other and becoming friends with, with people I otherwise wouldn't have had a chance to meet. So aside from the gang at the Toffee Club in Portland, I've got to watch matches uh, on TV or live with supporters in Amsterdam, New York, London, and, of course, Hillsborough. Uh, I'm grateful that this otherwise bizarre international community exists around Sheffield Wednesday. It's, it's meant a ton to me and my family, and uh, I'm just – it. it I'm just grateful. So, and likewise, if you ever find yourself out in this corner of the world, uh, Portland, Eugene, Bend, Seattle, Boise, Tacoma, um, up, friends up in British Columbia, it's uh, Victoria and Vancouver, uh, be sure to get in touch with Cascadia Owls on Facebook and Twitter so you can connect with other fans. And, and finally, I do want to thank the core nucleus of Owls Americas for, uh, and the podcast. That's Patty, Jeff, Evan, James. Uh, three full seasons of otherwise mediocre football, but you guys continue to bring a lot of energy, uh, some patience, uh, but still the love for the team. So thanks for keeping it together. Um, onward to, to better and brighter days. So take care, everybody. Bye. Hello, uh, my name's Craig Hutchinson. Uh, I was born in 81 in Wathapondern, South Yorkshire, uh, which for those that don't know is kind of a small town that's in between Doncaster, Barnsley, Rotherham, Sheffield. Um, so where I grew up, it was a, a big mix of, of fans of all different local teams, plus you know a few uh, few random teams as well for the glory supporters. And uh, my old man was a, a Barnsley fan. He uh, he tried to raise me to be a Barnsley fan. I went to a, a ton as a kid until I got to about seven years old, and he decided I could start going around to uh, to other stadiums and watching different games and. I remember going to Old Trafford because his uncle was a season ticket holder there. I remember going to a game in Nottingham. I can't remember if it was Notts County or Forest. And then uh, in '89, he took me to Hillsborough for the first time to see Wednesday play Liverpool. And I remember just vividly walking out at South Stand and just been in awe of Hillsborough. Like wow. And um, and that was it. I've been a been a Wednesday fan uh, when it came to football ever since then. Um, came to the States for the first time in the summer of 02 to work, came back out in 03 after uni and stuck around, moved to New York in 08 and uh, joined New York Owls for its first ever meetup, whatever year that was, I can't even remember, I remember there was four of us, um, and been part of it ever since, so it's been, it's been quality, you know, to be able to watch games with other Wednesday fans as opposed to, you know, by yourself and... Um, it's nice to actually be able to watch Wednesday as well, because when I first came out here, you couldn't get any Wednesday games. You were looking to get football on telly at all. Uh, so there's initial meetups. I remember we had some meetups where uh, it was just sitting around listening to the radio commentary. And then we got to a point where we'd get maybe half a dozen games a season on, which was, uh, which was great. Everyone in the area made the effort, came out, and uh, it was a good time. And now we've evolved to the point where we get every game, which is great in a way that we don't miss a minute. But on the other hand, you know, it's largely miserable because we lose a lot. But um, 
yeah, just having New York Owls and then have it evolve into Owls America and have that group of people that are all brought together by that common thing. Uh, and it really paid off a lot this uh, this lockdown as well, having the quiz every Friday, which was, was tremendous, just getting everyone on from uh, from around North America, having a bit of banter and having a quiz, uh, dingbats aside. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of effort, I imagine, behind the scenes by the lads that uh, that run all that and do the podcast. Um, I mean, 100 podcasts deep, that's, that's quality going. Uh, I'm not a big podcast consumer, but I've, uh, I've done my part and certainly listened to quite a few. Um, but yeah, well done, lads. And uh, to everyone else in Owls America, cheers. Uh, I look forward to, uh, to another 100 more and hopefully survive all this season and then hopefully we rip everything up and uh, we're better moving forward. All right, cheers, everyone. head into the last two match previews of the season mercifully it is almost over and we're joined now by a man that i have known for many years but i only know know him as fulham sam fulham sam how's it going i'm doing well thank you how are you jeff i'm okay i'm doing well good good so excited excited to be on the podcast this evening you should be fulham have secured at worst a playoff spot they have not been mathematically eliminated from automatic promotion with two games to go and i'm not sure if when they will provide any resistance in that uh in that regard on the weekend but what has gone right for fulham this year uh i think um alexander mitrovic and his goals (laughs) yeah uh i think uh you know if we didn't have someone of mitrovic's i guess stature and um uh toughness on on the field um every every week uh i don't think we'd be in a position or we certainly wouldn't be in um the same position as we're in now um yeah so i think he's been really uh just in terms of um, getting us up the table um a a standout player uh certainly for myself um but i guess uh you know uh for, for a number of years now um even even though we were promoted uh what two two seasons ago um, we are, we've really struggled with our defence, and um, you know, bringing in uh, Michael Hector um, in January is really. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, Rub it in. Has really shored up our defence uh, as well. So um, yeah, Mitrovic on a whole, but um, uh, I, I guess a, 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 a slight kind of caveat of. Uh, uh, Michael Hector. Uh, we call Michael Hector the poor man's Julian Burner now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure oh, the it's rich... the other way around. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> the rich man's uh, Julian Burner. <laughs> but, okay, so, uh, it's good to see that um, Hector's doing well. I really liked him. He's a good, good character as well. Yeah, and, you know, I think um, just, just to point out that, you know, we, we love to, uh, Fulham love to play out from the back. I'm sure um, you're all aware of um, the way that we play, we're very predictable. But um, Michael Hector is a very, uh, very direct um, uh, person. Well, uh, someone who can, um, someone who can uh, make a, a long pass happen out of almost nothing, essentially. And he looks for that long pass, 
Um, so it's not all that he's not always trying to play the ball out the back or, or whatever it is. If he, if he sees a pass there, then he'll take it. Um, and I think that's what um, his kind of, as well as his defensive duties. That's um, again, that's something that's um, that's really changed uh, changed our game as well. Thanks for that in. <laughs> uh, so um, obviously we we all know you through uh, the Fulham New York group and meeting at Football Factory. Uh, what's the what's the kind of makeup of Fulham fans in America? Is it a, a mixture of American and expats? Is it, is it more heavily weighted towards Americans? What's the mixture like? Uh, it's I, I'm I'm going to lean more on um, like Americans. Um, obviously, over the over the past fifteen years or so, um, we've had a number of um, quite high-profile um, American players um, on the on the Fulham squad, um, and really, uh, it's 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 been a, a huge chunk of kind of Dempsey, McBride, Casey Keller, Bocanegra, uh Tim Ream, Tim Ream, of course, yeah, all the classics. I, yeah, I, I kind of blocked Tim Ream out of myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why, do, why don't you like Tim Ream? I see him play for you quite a lot, and you always give him stick. He seems seems to be a good player. Mm, <laughs> I mean, you know, as, as I've already mentioned, um, we we try and play out the back, and you know, Tim Ream can sometimes struggle. Um, he's not the quickest of people, um, and his. Uh, yeah, he's kind of diminished a little bit over the last uh, season and a half, uh, and I, I I hate to say it, but I think uh, I think this is going to be his last season he, uh, playing for playing for Fulham, or, or certainly his last um, kind of starting in the lineup week in week in week out. But yes, um, going back to the original question, um, it's it's uh, I'm, I'm going to lean on uh, more Americans just due to the fact we've had so many. Um, Americans uh, 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 play play for us in the past and obviously uh, present. Um, you know, we've also had uh, quite a few um, young uh, American um, youth players uh, come through the ranks um, as well. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. And you know, we do have the, we 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 do have expats um, in in certainly in New York. Um, who uh, who uh, well showed themselves at uh, obviously showed themselves at football factory now and again, but it's, it's predominantly the Americans that are uh, week in week out. I still have a, a Clint Dempsey Fulham shirt somewhere. It's a white uh, FX they're, they're all FX white, Pro. Evan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to think who the the kit sponsor is, but FX really Pro. narrowed it down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it might have been you, like the when they had Kappa. Kappa. Yep. Did you get into uh, Dempsey through his rapping, Evan, or was it through his football? No, big fan of of his rapping. Don't tread on me <laughs> was one of the first first rap songs I ever got into. So. Uh, then you discovered yeah. you could play football big too. Big wow. fan. <laughs> uh, so, so where do you? A couple of matches left. Where do you see Fulham finishing? You think they can push for automatic, or you kind of see them settling into a playoff spot? I, I think um, we're we're really settled on a playoff spot now. Um, you know, the I, I don't know if you watched uh, yesterday's game, um, but I think uh, our, our game against West Brom um, was a huge game for us. 
um, and a huge game for West Brom, you know, because um, uh, they've got us, but more importantly, they've got Brentford um, right behind them. And uh, it was possibly the most boring game uh, I've seen this season. You did not watch um, Wednesday, Wednesday against Huddersfield yesterday, then. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine them um, of those two games are multicast. <laughs> You know, for two teams that really kind of needed to win, it was a muscle win for each, each, both teams, essentially. Um, we each, both of us just, we just cancelled ourselves out with the most conservative kind of boring play um, I've, I've seen in a long time. And it was really, uh, it was, it was just, it was really annoying to be honest with you. I was so, I was quite angry with myself even taking the time out of the day to watch that. You know, <laughs> Can... um, Well, just uh, going off of that, uh, to me, the, the story of, uh, aside from Mitrovic, the story of Fulham this year has been Scotty Parker, right? Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. this fresh, fresh coach and, and this and that. And he's, I know as a player, he was very much the, you know, sort of engine in the on the field and engine in the locker room. And everybody, you know, was a big fan. And he's come in and, you know, I, I haven't followed Fulham super closely but everything i read about or hear about is just his you know real lack of any ability to make tactical changes and any ability to you know really provide much aside from rolling out what is frankly a team that talent wise should be in the top six and, and maybe should be challenging for automatic so i, I don't know if you could kind of talk about parker and, and maybe yesterday's game is a great example of, of where some of his weaknesses lie yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I love Scott Parker, um, and I, to be honest with you, you know, he's a young manager, um, first season. Uh, also, remember, um, I think he won something like two out of the last four games in our Premier League season last uh, last year, um, and his first full season in the Championship. We're fourth, um, but. The way we play is is just is to me and to many other fans is just not acceptable. Um, he's kind of wasting the talent, essentially, that we have on the team. Um, you know, we have fantastic players who don't even get a look in um, on a weekly basis. You know, we're we're playing uh, we're playing Bobby Reid in central midfield. Um, he's he's not a mid, he's not a central midfielder. Um, he's either a winger or a striker, um, but you know, we have Stefan Johansson um, on the bench. Um, I think I think one thing he's done, well, I guess uh, one thing that's, that's happened over the past couple of weeks is that Tom Kearney's um, been injured. Um, and we've, we seem to have played a little bit better without Tom Kearney in, in the team. Um, but again, wow. Our, uh, yes, yeah, exactly. Why is um, that? Is he, is he not had a good season? He's had a, he's had an okay season. He's had a good quite, season, yeah. He had a he's scored what five or six goals for us. Um, issue is he has one foot, um, and he's extremely he's extremely predictable. Um, and like we killed for a midfield that had one foot. I mean, Christ, <laughs> we've got Joe Pelopesi on his any feet. He's got. Well, he's look, not to interrupt you, Sam, but looking just at your sort of team stats, you are a pretty one-dimensional team. It looks like everything is in a attack down the left side with, with Kearney and, and Cavallero. And then 
it's either shoot from outside or hump it in the middle to Mitrovich or, or put it on net, let him clean it up. So Exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, uh, you know, and we, I'll be honest with you, we haven't had a plan B um, in a couple of seasons now. It's, uh, you know, when even when Jack, Jack Jakanovic was in charge, it was, um, it was just one tactical system. Uh, and when we got found out, that's when we collapsed. Um, you know, and I think with, with Parker, uh, his tactical change, there, there aren't tactical changes really. It's just a, it's just a like for like change um, each, each time. Um, and, and there's no real kind of um, eagerness to um, uh, really kind of go for it in the later minutes and score that second goal. We just, you know, we score one goal and then and then try and uh, try and conserve uh, that 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 one goal and uh, and just walk away with a one nil win, and it will be the most boring one nil win you'll see. <laughs> um, but you know, I just I think he's um, he's still learning. Uh, you've got to give you know you've got to give props to um, to, to him. Um, no matter what, how we line up each week or, or the tactics or whatever, we're four for the end of the day. Um, right. five, 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 five points behind um, uh, second and automatics. And, you know, I, 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 I say that's a decent season with the fact that it's, Scott is such a young manager, first ever managerial role. Um, I just, I do feel, and and again, echoing a lot of other Fulham fans, um, that he has, in a way, wasted um, an immense amount of talent that we have on our team. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's a shame, but um, we are where we are, and uh, you know we can only um, we can only hope that we can perform in the playoffs. So Fulham, Sam, put us. I guess we're putting you on the spot, to be fair. Is Fulham in the Premier League next year, whenever that starts, sometime in September, probably? I think um, it really depends on if Brentford get that second spot. <laughs> um, you know, we've just, if, if, if it finished, I, I didn't see the results um, um, today, but uh, if it finished with... Um, West Brom, Fulham, Forest, and Cardiff. Um, bear in mind, we've just beat Cardiff and um, Forest in the last couple of weeks. Uh, West Brom, four draw yesterday. I think um, I think that would be the best scenario uh, for us, and um, I, I think we'd probably be favourites um, to go up. Uh, but Brentford, if Brentford came fourth or, or third, sorry. Um, I could see it being a Fulham versus Brentford playoff final. Uh, unfortunately, with uh, I, I, I can't see it being Brentford. Um, so it really depends. Like I said, it really depends on on Brentford. Um, unfortunately, they did win, uh, so they're one back with two to play. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're keeping the pressure on West Brom. Um, and. <laughs> In all fairness, if if, uh, if we're still playing, uh, if we get promoted and we're still playing like we are uh, at the moment, <laughs> keep ball and um, you know pass it side to side, back to the keeper, etc., a thousand <laughs> times uh, a game. Uh, well, I can't see us going much, 
can't see us going anywhere in the Premier Seems League. to work for Arsenal, so. Straight back down, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Fulham Sam, thanks for coming on, and we may or may not talk to you again in a couple months. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks so much for having me. Cheers, Sam. Thanks, Sam. All right, cheers, man. <laughs> We'll now go from the very posh to the even more northern as we preview the last match of the season. It is more northern. My geography is good. <laughs> oh, dear. With a Did you the... say I could use one C-bomb? Can I use it? <laughs> with, with our good friend from uh, many mornings at the football factory from Borough, North America. It's Ellen. Ellen, how's it going? It's going really well, thank you. Thank mm. you for having me on today, guys. I'm right, is that your BBC Two voice that you promised? No, it was BBC Tees. They mm. keep having me on BBC Tees whenever there's anything exciting happening in America. So I'm like the correspondent that doesn't get paid. <laughs> Can you give it a plug next time? Give you a plug? Why would I plug you on BBC Tees? Don't you have BBC Sheffield? Don't you get to go on BBC Sheffield? No, it's just James. Really it's just James Marriott all the time, basically. <laughs> it's corner of the market. So, last match of the season could end up being a relegation scrap if the EFL can ever actually get around to declaring Wednesday's point deduction that may or may not exist. But how did Middlesbrough end up in a relegation scrap this year? I think Jonathan Woodgate's got a lot to answer for. But before that, actually, I think. Gary Monk spent fifty million pounds on players that we couldn't afford, and you know, it's been a it's been an uphill struggle since then. Tony Man, Pulis, how much spend? We spent fifty million pounds at the. Uh, I keep wanting to say dollars. I'm sorry. Uh, the um, our what do you call it? Our Premiership payment, parachute payment, whatever it's called. He spent all of it on Rudy Gestead. What the fuck? <laughs> like. <laughs> So, you know, he did us no favors. He was there for six months. He's a scamming little. <laughs> Go on, tell us you. Yeah, he's a scamming little bastard. <laughs> never been better since then, right? I mean. Did he wear the same uh, like athletic shorts on the sideline that he wears during Wednesday games? No, I used to call him uh, the Marks and Spencers manager because he always had like a Marks and Spencers jumper on and um, parachinos. So. <laughs> He looked really smart, but he, you know, he looked like somebody that was stealing your money. And guess what? He was. I've always That's described a... him as a hard Arthur Darville. That's what he looks like to me. How do you guys like him? Do you, do you, I mean, has he started scamming you yet? Or have you not noticed? <laughs> He's a very divisive figure within the New York Owls. Uh, a lot of people want him to go. Yeah, a lot of people want to go. It's very difficult to evaluate a manager in Sheffield Wednesday. 2019-2020, I feel like. We're a shit show. So yeah. you kind of like, kind of measure, you, put a shit, you put a shit show in a shit show, which is the biggest shit I, I show. I don't know if you're aware, but Steve Bruce left like two weeks before the season started. So. Right. <laughs> well, you so guys Bruce... are used to being uh, in mid-table, right? This is the first time we've been at the bottom for like 20 years. It's it's like 
crazy. I, I, Ellen, I, we brought you on to talk about Middlesbrough. I know. <laughs> That's why I was swinging it back to Middlesbrough. You know, like I'm saying, Thank this, is the, first, this you, is the first time we've been in this position for a really long time. And it's, you know, I'm finding it really stressful. I've drank a lot through this season. I've ignored results. I've pretended that it's not happening to us, but it really is happening to us. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a bit flabbergasted with the whole thing. Honestly, I'm forgetting score lines and forgetting results. I don't want, I, I was petitioning for the league to be canceled with coronavirus. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, when it started again and Woodgate was, Woodgate was still in charge when we came back from the coronavirus break. It was like, what what are we doing here? This is ridiculous. Like he's his win percentage was terrible for the whole, uh, you know, six months, seven months before before the season started again. And we all wanted him to get sacked. We we wanted them to bring somebody else in, but there was a sense like we could have brought Warnock in or we could have brought anybody in before or when coronavirus happened during the lockdown, you know, so that somebody was there to work with the squad um, while they were on the break. We spoke to uh, George Savile in um, one of our, one of our uh, lockdown calls. We've been having Zooms with the American Borough fans and George Savile was telling us there was no training plans, there was no meal plans being sent, right? It's just basic. I mean, I'm not a football professional, but even I would think that that would be a good idea, right? Woody was on his holidays and coronavirus lockdown, not paying attention to this shit. And Warnock could have been brought on as like a Terry Venables to Brian Robson, if you guys remember when that happened, you know? <laughs> It could have been. A bunch of geezers. Are you really comping Neil Warnock to Terry Venables on a Wednesday podcast? <laughs> well, you, you know, we brought somebody in to save us and to also protect Brian Robson's um, managerial reputation, and it worked. So I don't know why we didn't do that again because, as it stands now, I can't see Woody being able to get another job with the results he had at Borough. It was absolutely shocking. <laughs> I don't yeah, know why Ellen, we didn't expect anything else. I'm sorry. Go on. Sorry. No, please. I was just going to ask why you think it took too long. So as, as a neutral towards Middlesbrough, uh, I had actually heard a lot of people saying they thought Woodgate was, was or would be an excellent manager, and it was a bad situation for him. But that said, it was obvious since you know November that this was not going to work. What do you think took so long for... Middlesbrough's always been a kind of jobs for the boys club and you know Woodgate's been a Woodgate grew up in Teesside you know it's his boyhood club he's cheap right we would have got a a better manager if we could afford it but we couldn't afford it but if you look at the team that we've got uh, Warnock's played what six games now and he's got nine points from six games there's no reason that with the players that we have, that Woody couldn't have done better, but he just makes he just made some terrible team selections. Like mm-hmm. we've got like quite a few good youths coming up, and we played them at Christmas time. Jed Spence, Hayden Coulson, we played them at Christmas time, and we got a couple of results at Christmas time. We beat West Brom at the Hawthorns. Like you know, we had a nice little spell at Christmas time, and then it um, all went downhill again. Woody took Jed Spence, who's being one of our better players this season, out of the team because he said he had an attitude problem. But the truth was, 
uh, Jed had had his head turned a little bit by Jose Mourinho when we played Spurs in the FA Cup and Jose was like complimentary about him. So Woody was trying to take him down a peg or two. That's not, this isn't the right time to be doing shit like that, right? This is like, why, why are you gambling with our safety just because you want to like teach a young kid a lesson? I don't, let him have his ego. We need ego. We, cause we're shit otherwise. <laughs> right? Just like, it's, uh, so that's why he didn't leave um, sooner because, you know, Gib- Gibbo's known Woody his entire career and he, you know, mm. wouldn't have done that to him. So I don't know. I'm glad he's gone now. I think that, uh, I think with Warnock being here, we might just be safe. It's unfortunate what's happened to Wigan, but there'll be a backup plan if it all goes tits up for us. You guys are going to lose 21 points, hopefully. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> So what's Colin changed? What's uh, Mr. Warnock changed as far as your tactics and size? He's brought the youth on. He's got rid of the no marks that weren't interested. Like, uh, I, I honestly don't know what's going on behind closed doors because it's the same players at the end of the day. We uh, This last game that we won, um, God, I can't even remember who we played last, but we changed the... Reading? Reading, that's it. Sorry, my memory is terrible. Um, we... Darren Randolph was our keeper, right? But he was injured for all most of the first half of the season. And so we were playing Ainsley Pears, a young, you know, 20-something kid. Stephen Pears' son, if you guys remember the 80s, 90s. Um, and we brought, we bought, when we sold Randolph with his injury to West Ham, we brought this, like, Macedonian keeper that no one had ever heard of before. Um, and... We started playing him and he's, you know, been sort of all right. But uh, we got rid of him in the last game. Ainsley had a good game. Granted, he didn't have much to do. But I feel like he should have he should have had a shot all along. We shouldn't have even messed with the keeper. You know, we shouldn't have put this new guy in just because we bought him and he's like two years older than Ainsley. I think um, given the putting the youngsters back in the team's good. I, uh, but I. It must be the bollockings that he's given them at half time. I think Woody. I think Woody want, wanted to be their friends too much, right? Like Woody's on Instagram making Instagram stories with all the players and trying to be cool. Like you know, when you've got like a cool dad, but that's not what you want for um, a football manager. You want somebody with a bit of authority, and I think that's the difference. Really, it's night and day. Even the games that we're losing, it looks better. Sorry. No, you think you fight. You're five points clear of relegation with two games to go. Who's so you've got us the last game of the season? Who's your next game? Can you remember? Cardiff. Oh, that's that's the, tough. The, re- to the return of Warnock to Cardiff. Oh wow, yeah. He's got Cardiff, his old club, and then Wednesday his hated club. So that's a uh, two good matches for him, I suppose. Why is why is uh, Wednesday his hated club? Because there's a pick. Ask him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he a United it's a fan? Pick. No, no, really. I don't what have I yeah, missed? Yeah. United Boyard Club. So he's 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 been quoted in the past of saying that he wants to manage Wednesday and get us relegated. Oh wow! Okay. Well, I mean, That's you like to take a, if Gary Monk doesn't help you to do that, then maybe one <laughs> do it after he's finished us. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I mean, as, as, as your chairman, Steve Gibson is well aware that uh, Wednesday Stadium Club. A stadium sale was clearly completely above board the entire time. <laughs> I'm just curious about the taxi company with no taxis. 
Can anybody well, tell me about that? I mean, just give them a call if you get them pick up your pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> but they may not know uh, London as well as the black cabs, but I'm sure they can get you where you're going. <laughs> Bunch of chances. Or should so that be gonna... chance so... series? <laughs> Bunch of chance series. Well, yeah, well done. Uh... <laughs> So do you think, so Ellen, uh, do you think you're going to survive? Five points left, five points above. I do think we're going to survive. I think it's going to go down to the last game of the season. I'm going to see you at the football factory after it's all over. I'm guessing we are going to celebrate together, I believe. Because to be fair, the bottom of the championship is like just the worst right now. It is like traumatic, isn't it? But I think there are... um, there are teams that have it worse than us. If oh, you if example. you lose twelve points, right, you're going to have to win your last two to be safe. But if you lose all twenty one, then it's over, right? So we're banking on that, Wigan. You know, it's terrible that we have to pray for the demise of other clubs. But as long as we're safe, that's all <laughs> I really care about at this point. I, I've watched season two of Sunderland till I die, and there's not a chance we're getting out of uh, uh, League One if we go down there. So. <laughs> Oh, uh, League One is putrid. I know. Uh, that was, that was, I never want to see that again, ever. <laughs> when was the last uh, time you were in League One? I can't, has it been uh, 2011? Yeah, 2010, 2011. Oh. But you, okay. Too recent. <laughs> Too recent. So, yeah, well, uh, but you, you got a good three points off us earlier in the season, right? That was, <laughs> how, that was one of our worst defeats this season when you came to the Riverside and... You know, that, destroyed that, us. That four nil, a four one. Four one. Yeah, we had a consolation. We, we beat we beat Forest four nil too. So like two friends of ours that we've had on the podcast, we've managed to beat four nil and four one, and we beat QPR three nil at the weekend with Dunstan. So <laughs> this, so hopefully we can beat Fulham three or four nil on Saturday as long as we get someone later. We had uh, QPR a couple of weeks ago. It was one of the uh, Warnock games, and we were convinced we were going to win that, and we didn't. So. QPR Even, were the worst team I've seen all year. Mm, they were really bad. <laughs> I, this is what I mean. Like Even with Warnock, it doesn't feel like we're 100% safe. But I, I think um, my friends have done the maths for me. And uh, I think if we get one point out of the next two games, we'll be okay. And if, But I think also if Barnes, Barnsley are playing tomorrow and yeah. if, if they lose, then... It's looking really good for us. I mean, really good. Yeah, we're going to finish in 18th. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's about staying up. That The, the yeah. bottom three are a mess right now. Wig- Wigan's actually been playing so well recently. Mm. With their, even if they lose their, which they'll lose their 12, they're still going to be, uh, they would be in, what, 21st place uh, right now. They've significantly improved difference. their goal difference, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. But the goal difference amongst the bottom three is so atrocious. Is even if you guys were to end up tied there, uh, you, you still would be ahead of of the sludge that's down there. It's it's pretty ugly. I'm I'm rooting for Luton to pull it out, but just because it's, it's nice to have some fresh blood. It is R- rooting for Luton. Rooting for Luton. I'm so honestly, honestly, on, you, know? you guys, uh, do, do you want Middlesbrough to stay up or do you want us to just die a horrible death? What I do mean, you think? I want Barnsley, Hull and Huddersfield. So you're safe. Okay. Thanks very much. I <laughs> yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> I, I, I I there's teams I, I like. Look, so. I'm not a huge Middlesbrough fan. I don't know. I don't know why. It's something about like the whole 
when they were in the championship like you're making a big deal about like their away crowds and like the atmosphere at the riverside which i'm sure it's fine but i'm just i i definitely oh. want i definitely want hall to go down and then yes getting huddersfield and barnsley <laughs> out so i don't have to hear about like yorkshire derbies next year would be nice like they're not derbies right yeah Barnsley are going to sue, aren't they, if nothing happens with you guys soon? They're going to sue the EFL. The EFL is going to have a lot of lawsuits in the hands next year, I think. <laughs> the EFL has not covered themselves in glory over the last <laughs> calendar year, yeah. I'm sorry that you guys invited me on your show and I've just slagged off your team and your <laughs> terrible financial decisions. I'm sorry about that. But we feel also better again off, off our my terrible chest. financial it's like a decisions, so... Yeah, it's been 99 episodes of this so far, Alan. You're not really uh, contributing much different to it. Yeah. You want to talk about the Almond Abdi contract for a while? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you yeah. like Gary Monk, though? I think I've asked you that already. Do you like him? What's the consensus here between you three? I think uh, we've got to give him more time. I think, uh, it's, like I said, you, can, you can't you can't like judge a man on this like hellhole is going to. I don't think we'll like, do any better in the short term, which is a separate problem. Is he still knocking about with that Featherston agent dude that... No. We have uh, our own dodgy agents to uh, deal with. Well, this has been an uplifting On that note. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. The dark side of football. I'm telling you, it's been like a really depressing season, and uh, I don't want to fucking talk has, about yeah. it. yeah. <laughs> so well, cheers to that, Alan. Alan, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll see you okay. whenever the next year's season starts. <laughs> Hopefully. This is Jamie Midgley, the original New York Owl and now New Orleans Owl. Congratulations to uh, Owls Americas on their 100th podcast. It's nice to know in these uh, difficult times, being a Sheffield Wednesday supporter, that uh, we're not in it alone. I'd like to thank all the guys involved uh, for bringing us together, making us know we're a family and uh, we don't have to suffer on our own. But uh, keep the faith, you never know. Started sporting Wednesday in the late 70s, so uh, we're in the third division then. Been back a couple of times. Doesn't make any difference really, does it? So we're all Wednesday, aren't we? And that's what counts. So uh, up the owls. Hi, my name's Lee Kenny. Spent about six years in the US, currently live just outside Cleveland, Ohio, having previously been in Atlanta and Boston. Um, I was trying to think about how I became a Wednesday fan, and the answer is I'm not really sure. I was born in 73 and I grew up in an area of Sheffield called Arbathorne. And from where I lived, you could actually see the stands of Bramall Lane from the house. All my mates were blades and most of my family didn't really care about football. But I, my mum did take me to my first game when Wednesday in the old third division. Don't remember much about it, although I do remember being sat behind the dugouts and Big Jack was there, which is kind of poignant based on the fact that he's just passed away. I know we used to get the football bus from the city centre and I just remember living every minute of it. And if you think that football wasn't great now, then I can tell you back then it was real, really crap. Um, ground wasn't much better either. The uncovered cop, the weird shape to it. South Stand that didn't have a roof over it. Um, 
just wasn't great. But as we moved away from the Arbathorn, moved to another place called Freshville and some more Wednesday fans around and just continued to build my passion with and my love affair with Wednesday from there. Uh, you know, it's not much I miss about the UK other than my friends and family. And But one of the things I do miss is going to Hillsborough and the old experience of going to the match. I used to take my lad. Um, he's 40, well, 13, coming up to 14 now. So he was six or seven when we used to go. But just getting him to understand what it's about to support a team that isn't one of the big glory boys like Man United or Liverpool or somebody like that. And also making him realise that most of us have to go through 20, 30 years of misery to find that one or two seasons where everything clicks and you get a bit of success. I just hope he doesn't have to wait that 20, 30 years though. Having a fans group in America has been great and Al's Americas has obviously been at the forefront of that. Um, managed to meet, do a meet-up in a bar in Atlanta when we played Chelsea in the FA Cup. That was good. Um, always interested in understanding why people are mad enough when they're born in the US to support Wednesday. Us from the area, well, we do have a choice, but we support them and why anybody else who grew up three and a half thousand miles away would, I don't know, really. Um, and then I like looking at the opinions on Facebook and Twitter. I don't post too much, but I just like reading the comments. A lot of them are guff, but everybody's entitled to an opinion. But it does remind me of the sort of banter and gripes on a Monday afternoon. Well, sorry, Monday afternoon. Monday morning back in the power stations, which I used to work at. Um, I would like to think I can make it to a meet-up in the future. And hopefully there is one in the not-too-distant future. Although I don't think I'll be going for the tats. Too much of a wimp. Don't like needles. Um, well done, Chaps on 100 podcast. I do listen to it when I'm out running. And it just helps the miles go a bit quicker. Cheers, all the best. Hey guys, it's Chris from Maryland. Live in a small town called Laytonsville, just outside Washington, D.C. Firstly, congratulations on the 100th episode of the Owls AmeriCast. I think it's an amazing podcast and you guys have done an amazing job on keeping it living and bringing Sheffield Wednesday to the Americas. I really support Sheffield Wednesday for one reason. I started in the early 90s when FA Cup semi-finals against, against United and seeing them on the TV and I thought, wow, these guys are good. And then that's what's led to perhaps the last 30 years or so. Um, been lucky enough to get to Hillsborough a few times and had a season ticket uh, for a couple of seasons. And really, I think when you walk into Hillsborough, it's just an amazing atmosphere and being able to take my daughter a couple of times and that real family environment. I think I live by the saying of you don't choose Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield Wednesday chooses you. I think, again, just massive congratulations on Owls Americas. I think you've done an amazing job of bringing together Sheffield Wednesday fans across across the Americas and making it something to be proud of. And I think the the podcast and, and the blog and the website and the merch, you, you've really brought it to life. And huge congratulations on that. I think it makes it easier being 5,000 miles away from home when you know that there's someone else in New York or or in San Francisco or in uh, Florida that, that support the same team as you and are rooting for the same thing. Again, thank you so much. And... We're all Wednesday, aren't we? So now we'll get into some listener questions. Before we do that, I want to hear from some of our podcast members on one of the questions we posed on social media this week. 
And that was where's the weirdest place we've watched Sheffield Wednesday. For me, not necessarily weird, but interestingly enough, I watched part of a match on the monorail at Disney World. Uh, <laughs> Rachel was running Rachel was running in a, a half marathon or full marathon that day. Pardon me. A full marathon. And uh, so I was hopping to different mile markers and, and watching on the monorail. that's right um how about any of you any strange interesting places you've watched i was gonna mention just like i said earlier on in the jack charlton thing we watched um we had our first meter back um since lockdown in bryant park in new york city Uh, there was four of us there and it was really strange because, um, first of all, we'd never done an outdoor meetup before. Uh, it was a laptop, uh, a long table, uh, myself, Tom, Craig, and Craig, uh, the New York Owls. And it was 10 a.m. in Bryant Park. And obviously, with New York City at the moment, no tourists are really in it in the city. The only people that were there around us were people that were homeless. So and it was one of those <laughs> games where where um, we actually had something to celebrate for. So every like in the first 10 minutes, we scored, right? So there's a big cheer around like 10 past 10 in the morning in Bryant Park from four people in the corner. Everyone just turns around and goes, what the fuck's going on over there? <laughs> and then a few, about half an hour later, there's another cheer. And then another 20 minutes later, there's another cheer. And we've all got little cans on the go too, which I think is semi, it was definitely illegal before lockdown. Uh, during lockdown, it's kind of okay. <laughs> it, it's legal oh, during anything lockdown, Paddy, but it's also completely normal in Bryant Park at 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the homeless people looking at us going, are they homeless too? Why have they got a laptop? Uh, no, it was it was really bizarre. But it was actually a really fun experience because, like I said, we haven't seen each other for a long time. We haven't seen anyone for a long time. Um, so to uh, have a few beers in the park, watch Wednesday win 3-0, uh, and that's one by far the weirdest New York meetup. Um, the weirdest moment in New York meetup, which happened after the playoff semifinal, where a rabbi came downstairs in the floor factory uh, <laughs> in full uh, garb, and to this moment we don't know why he was there, why he was, why, what he thought of us celebrating a win in the playoffs. Uh, but he's going down in in, uh, in New York Owls legend, that rabbi. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Anything else? It's not really weird, but I'll uh, I'll highlight just uh, so Paddy's gone the post lockdown meetup i'll go with the pre-lockdown meetup when we we're in new orleans um so you know we had our first national meetup back in the end of february which seems like a lifetime ago you know back in the days when you could get on planes and hang out with people who just randomly turned up from somewhere overnight and hug them spontaneously because they were wearing a wednesday shirt um so that was all the night before and then the the morning of the derby game we uh, we got together in uh, finn mccall's to to watch the game like 40 of us and it was fucking shit um, about as bad a Wednesday performance as you could ever conjure up. I mean, what, we were 3-0 down by half-time, whatever it was. Um, but nothing I can think of in the last three years kind of comes close to having Wednesday nights from all over America, in a bar, in New Orleans, um, laughing off the fact that we were miserable and that the performance was atrocious and that Tom Lees couldn't keep his footing, but um, just enjoying each other's company and, and watching the game. And, and that is what... I follow what watching Wednesday, you know, in the States is all about. So um, it feels a long time ago. It was only a couple of months ago. It was kind of the culmination of everything we've been trying to do here. Um, So I'm really excited about when we get past all this, being able to do more of that. 
No, that was that was a great time. I I'm, I'm so grateful over the last couple of years with the eye follow and the ability to actually watch the team. I remember uh, very strong memories. You guys probably remember that we actually made it to the fifth round of the FA Cup when we were a League One team uh, and played Birmingham City and uh, had a game that was actually on television. And I got quite excited and went down to the local football bar in uh, Cambridge. And, you know, I think I might have even skipped out of work early as a teacher. It's nice. I'm out at about two o'clock, but uh, then I get down there for the 245 start and I get down there and I get settled up and there's nobody in the place. I'm like, you, you got the Wednesday game? And I go, uh, I don't no idea what you're talking about. And we finally find it and we just got smoked. I want to say three, four, nothing pretty quickly, but it was this beautiful moment of like, well, at least I actually get to watch the football team that I root for. So I'm so grateful that the last couple of years get to watch them all, get to watch every game. And even when they're atrocious and, you know, we're getting pumped by Brentford or blowing last minute leads against, uh, was that Stoke on Boxing Day? whatever that West Brom, whatever that catastrophe was this year, but it's, I'm still very grateful for the opportunity to get to watch Wednesday on a day-to-day basis. So that's, that's not a weird moment, just a bit of gratitude towards uh, the club and the era that allows me to join them. Yeah, I can certainly second that. I can certainly second that. I remember you know, the very first Wednesday match I, I listened to on Wednesday player was in the lobby of a recreation center. I was working the front desk and uh, we've certainly come, certainly come a long way from there. And, uh, and it's been great. So a couple of our Twitter responses, Chris Robinson at Chris L Robinson, 40,000 feet coming back from Hong Kong. It was the West Brom game this year. It was 1-1. We went over the North Pole. Lost internet, came back online to find we lost 2-1, and Palmer got sent off. (laughs) Oh, to be a Wednesday fan. At Andy McIlwain. Haven't heard from him in a while, actually. Good to hear from you, Andy. He said, watched Wednesday versus Forest in a separate bar when Lee scored a late winner and Stoke versus Wednesday in the League Cup in 2015 at about 4 a.m. in the bathroom from my Bangkok hotel. It's <laughs> a great spot. Great spot. Uh, on Instagram, at Jamie SWFC3, he said, at the side of a motorway when the car broke down. <laughs> and at Rye4, probably Ryan Arctic, <laughs> Rye4N Arctic, at my cousin's wedding, at the main bit. <laughs> Fair play. Well, way fun. more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. So that does it for that section. Um, Patty, any any meetups coming up? Yeah, after the success of our Bryant Park meetup, we're going to do it again this weekend. Um, again, so uh, everyone in New York's welcome. Just stay socially distant. Wear your masks. Uh, we will have the laptop in Bryant Park again. <laughs> we'll try and have beers without being <laughs> found out. Um, and come down, yeah, watch um, the Fulham game with us. Um, like I say, we, uh, we're very respectful. There's hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, and we, 
keep a good distance from everyone else in the park. So it's, it's good fun. So to end this, this is the 100th episode of Owls of Maricast. Uh, Justin, you're welcome to chime in. Definitely curious to hear from Patty and James. How about some favorite episodes or just some favorite moments and podcast bits of the last three years? So what what stands out for me is the fact that due to terrible decision-making on my part, um, I didn't know anybody who liked Sheffield Wednesday, right? It just wasn't a possibility. That wasn't something that was going to happen. And it was a weird, very weird thing that I was into. And as time went on, I became more and more into it. It was almost surprising how into it that I had gotten. Um, and I still kind of feel that way sometimes <laughs> as, as your passions change as you get older and the things you focus on. And to, to be able to have, thanks to the power of the internet, first be able to, quote unquote, watch games on Twitter, where I would see the official club account tweet out what was happening, to being able to listen to games on Wednesday Player, to being able to watch games, to being able to interact with people, and, and as James mentioned, to kind of culminate in, in February with the chance to get to hang out with everybody is just so meaningful. You know, like having a, a family reunion where you, you never met somebody that you were long related to, uh, but somebody who understood. And, and this whole experience for me has been uh, has been amazing. It's been it's been wonderful. And the amount of people that I've met and, and you know, stay in touch with and will we'll continue to has been really wonderful. But as, as, as far as this podcast goes, I, I really think that the moment that i had that stands out for me was i believe patty tweeting out a picture when i follow fucked up and they were sitting in the football factory and they had to put a phone playing the audio of a game into a plastic cup to get the echo sound and that's the shit that American Sheffield Wednesday fans, or I should say Sheffield Wednesday fans in the United States. That's what we have to do sometimes to follow this team that we all love. And that's sort of, to me, that always summed it up. I was, I was cracking up laughing at that picture because I was doing something probably not too dissimilar, but you know, that's this, this whole experience and, and this whole thing that Patty cheers to you, my friend has been James and, and you guys have started and it has grown into, you know, the experiences that we had. It's, uh, I'm very grateful. So cheers all around up the owls. You know, that's a good point. People, uh, sometimes will call us plastic fans for not going to matches, but I take a little offense to that, but if you just switch it a little bit to plastic cup fans, <laughs> I suppose, uh, I suppose we could get behind that. Right. Sure. Patty, um, I don't know. I've got two options here, and maybe James can pick up the one that I don't choose. But um, I'm going to go for. Um, it's not one particular favorite bit of this podcast, but the favorite section of my podcast, and that's talking to American fans. 
uh, <clears throat> like getting the um, backgrounds and, and and why on earth they always support Wednesday. It's, it, the, the best thing about Wednesday being shit over the last God knows how long, many years, 20 years, is that you've got much more creative answers to the question, why do you support this club, <laughs> than you would do if you're an Arsenal fan or a Man U fan or a Barcelona fan. The answer to why you support either of those clubs is that they're fucking good and they're great to watch and they're on TV every week. The answers to why you support Sheffield Wednesday are usually pretty fucking random and hilarious, or at least mildly <laughs> interesting at best. <laughs> so I want to say thank you to everyone that we had on the podcast and everyone that's reached out on the on social media. So we started with the, our very first episode, uh, Brian uh, in New Jersey, the original USA Owl, he calls himself, and he's a, he was a fantastic character to have on. I hope Brian's still listening. Uh, we got Laura Costa in Arizona, Neil Schaefer in San Diego. You heard him earlier on in the podcast uh, with his messages. Uh, Mike in Portland, obviously been on the podcast several times. Dimmy in Toronto, now in British Columbia. Josh in West Virginia. Uh, I think we had Chris in Toronto, Andrew in Indianapolis. We've had so many more people that's come on this Stephen, podcast. Indiana. Stephen, Indiana. Who uh, we... started his, started a bar and has his own meetups now. Yep. I mean, Stephen, yeah. Indiana. Chris in Chicago. I don't, I don't want to miss people out, but we've got... We, had, we put a list down uh, when we first started the podcast of people we knew around the area. And that list just grew and grew and grew. And then we started adding people of like famous names and stuff too. So f- for me, both of those things, we had like all the New York Owls, obviously we've had on the podcast before, uh, and a few of the uh, good names too. But it's really the stories for me that the American Owls fans bring. And I think that's what we're going to focus on for the next few uh, next few. Um, Hundred episodes of Owls Americas. We'll talk about more American fans and, and why they got involved with Wednesday. James. Um, yeah, everything Paddy said, um, but also just the fun along the way, right? I mean, um, I was trying to think of one moment, but I, I was kind of torn between do I uh, do I recall that episode where after a fairly uh, mundane victory against Hull City. Uh, with Jordan Rhodes finally scoring a goal. <laughs> it was a minor incident involving a squirrel, which led to a ukulele plus Evan putting together a ditty, which, quite frankly, I'd like to hear again. So um, if we don't get that on social media um, kind of uh, streams as part of our 100th episode celebrations, I don't know what we're doing wrong. But um, same season, I remember kind of just after the holidays, kind of coming back home, and I think it was just me and Jeff and a lot of booze and uh, and chatting backwards and forwards about the fact that we'd obliterated Forest and then been absolutely abysmal against Brentford um, there's been really happy happy moments throughout the, the course of recording these episodes so everything you know Paddy described in terms of hearing from people um, a, uh, a beer and then spent the entire rest of the podcast on the shitter and, um, and didn't <laughs> make any other contributions other than to come on at the end and say that he'd had a Mr Whippy so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, before we move on, uh, no one's mentioned John fucking Harks. That's why we've got the open to mention John Harks. Well, that's that's why. That was how I got it. I was actually going to tell Tommy's story and say that uh, I became a Wednesday fan because I was drunk at some bar in the Middle East. But that's <laughs> Tom's story. You have to get him on. Yeah, Harksy, man, he did it all. Some someday I'll share with you guys the poem I wrote about John Harks and how mad I am at him for making me a Wednesday fan. <laughs> we'll save that for episode two hundred. That's really episode two hundred is with Frank Simic. It'll be a mind blowing <laughs> episode, I promise. Yeah, I mean, my mine involves guests, uh, but it's just 
Um, I mean, it, it's just been it's been great to to get to talk to some of these guys. James O'Connor, uh, you know, it was was cool to have him on, and, and he's a Louisville City guy and um, was at Orlando, right? And and John Hark, so it was cool to to have him on it. It was cool to to run into former Wednesday alumni in Seattle randomly and introduce myself as Evan from Owls Americas and have him understand exactly what what that is. Uh, Sean McCauley in Seattle. Um, again, just a random coincidence that we were in the same hotel. Um, but, you know, it's it's been fun. It's been a fun 100 episodes. Um, you know, most a vast majority of the weeks I just get to to log on the computer look at an agenda that's already been prepared um, and just add some input I think uh, Patty you get a lot of props here for for the organization work you've done and uh, Jeff as well for a lot of the editing and, and hosting um, and certainly the rest of the guys for for giving up their their evenings and, and putting in some time and effort into this project as well um, you know, it's it's a great team that, that we have, and uh, it's it's been a fun fun ride, uh, for sure. You know what, Evan? The we, um, the funny thing is that when we started this a hundred episodes ago, it was kind of it was part of kicking off Owls Americas, which was we kind of thought it was going to be like a one year project. It was basically get Wednesday to the the Premier League, and then um, once in the Premier League, everything was going to take off, and we'd have thousands of fans, and we wouldn't be able to keep up with them. Um, and bizarrely, the course is taken. Wednesday being actually really shit for the last three years, and you know we basically kicked off right as everything fell apart at the end of the Carvajal era, and um, you know within a few weeks we were losing four two to Sheffield United and blah 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 blah. Um, has kind of made us stronger, I think, as a community. Like we've we've gone through a shared experience. We've really got to know so many people across the whole country. I'd love to actually do a state by state map because I think we've got somebody or a fan group or a city representative in in most states in the country now um and then obviously in canada and other places as well so um yeah i mean the community that we're forging is is much stronger than i think we ever anticipated it would be and the foundation we'll build now is going to be one hell of a lot more robust when we do finally actually turn out to be a decent footballing team as well maybe in about 10 years time we're gonna be really strong community wise in ten years' time though, James. <laughs> everyone's gonna have everyone's first name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or our kids will be old enough to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, daughter will be yeah. producing, yeah. So that will do it for episode number one hundred of the Owls Americast. We appreciate you so much for joining us and for sticking with us for one hundred episodes. We hope you stick with us for 100 more and beyond. This podcast is brought to you by Sheffield Wednesday's I Follow Live Match streaming service. You can sign up at swfc.co.uk slash iFollow. You can find us online at owlsamericas.com. You can email us at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find us on all social media platforms at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesdayites, Reverend and the Makers. Podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There is no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume Owls AmeriCast, we ask that you please rate and review the show as it helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. 
James is on Twitter at Manhattan Al. James, will you be joining Patty in the park? I'm uh, I'm hoping to. Yeah, I mean, uh, any opportunity to hang out with the uh, the reprobates in Bryant Park and the New York Owls is uh, is is one I can't really pass up. Uh, the only downside is I've actually got to get the subway to do it or walk a very long way over the Queensboro Bridge. So uh, I'll, I'll try and work out my commute. Patty is on Twitter at New York Owls and at Patty A. Jones. Patty, how many new Wednesdayites do you think you can get in the park on Saturday? I <laughs> mean, new ones. Well, if you play up against QPR, uh, I think people are getting a little bit excited by our... Um, our cheers so we're definitely attracting some attention uh so if we get another three goals maybe maybe they'll come and look over our shoulders and see what's going on rather than seeing like five blokes in the corner of a park crying into a beer i mean that's more appealing isn't it <laughs> so yeah we'll put we'll, we'll get the flag out as well on um on saturday and see if we can uh, pull over some new fans justin are you online and if so where can people find you I'm online as New England Owls, and uh, I will be, as always, sitting in my living room with my children, uh, watching Wednesday. You heard it here first, knock off Fulham 2-1 to one on Saturday. Ah, very nice. And again, thank you so much for joining us. It was good to, good to talk with you. I am on Twitter, at Jeff Paternostro. And you can find us here next week <laughs> on Owls Americas. Show